Well, good morning, everybody. We're still waiting on a couple of board members to join. Can I ask an unrelated question? Sure. Um, I, I have a bill from the city that says Tyler Enterprise Financial Conversion. Do, do those boards mean anything to you? I get parking tickets and water bills normally. I don't know who Tyler Enterprise is. That's our um, our new uh, ERP software. So new, so billing would be included in that software package. Is it a, like a water bill? Oh. And maybe it's for a roll-off dumpster. It very well could be if you ordered one. Yeah. Or if you, I guess, used one recently. But that is our that is our like financial software now. So it's just like a a thing like the field didn't fill in right. That's possible. Because like it says the description is that. I bet it's that dumpster. Morning, everybody. I just figured Definitely. you'd know. Yeah, we did recently convert. Um, and so January 1 was our go live date. So we're still, as you can imagine, working out some of the bugs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and Mandy, if you, if you, if you want, no, uh, it's, it, I know that's all. It was just curiosity. I never okay. pay paper bills, so it's not a big okay. deal. Cool. Like, all right. <laughs> it'll have to, it'll, it'll get, it'll have to get weirder before then. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Like I City barely Hall. open, I barely open paper mail. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here at my desk and saw it. Morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Do we have do we have a, a quorum with the with us for? They give us a quorum. Yes, I believe it is. Okay. Fantastic. All right. I I suppose I'll call the, the, the meeting of the special alcohol funding advisory board to order at uh, 903. We need to take like a, a roll call for for um, quorum. No. All right. Fantastic. Got it. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks everybody for, for making time on kind of short notice. I, I suppose that was probably me from dragging my feet of checking uh, my, my Gmail account. Um, but I appreciate staff getting this agenda order and, and staff putting together these agreements for us to review and um, the plan to review. So uh, the first agenda item is just the approval of, of the January 6, 2023 meeting minutes. Does anybody have any changes or or any discussion about the minutes? Um, your name is not Chris Cobart. Could be. <laughs> yeah, we can fix that typo. Oh yeah, I see that. Thanks, Mandy. You care about my name more than I do, apparently. I kind of like Cobart though. I think it's fun. <laughs> All 
All right. So uh, other than the changing of, of my name, do we have any other any other changes? Or discussion? I'll make a motion to approve. I'd entertain a motion to approve the minutes with the change of, of my last name. All right, so approve. I mean, I may I I move that we approve the minutes. <laughs> the motion, do we have a second? I will second the motion to approve the minutes with an, an H swapped in, in in your name there. <laughs> uh, all in favor? Say aye. 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 All, all opposed? None. The motion passes for the approval of the minutes. Okay, uh, on to the next agenda item. Do we need to do public comment first on this, or do we, we come to the the committee first for discussion and then open that up to public open these up to public comment. Uh, that's correct, Chris. Um, the the board can discuss um, and then open it up for public comment. Okay. So um, what we're going for first agenda item, we're going to review the special alcohol fund agreements with Lawrence Community Shelter, Willow Domestic Violence, Burt Nash, and Sexual Trauma Care Center. Um, one thing I and maybe this isn't necessary to discuss, but I, I think setting some ground rules of, of I don't think we're we're debating the the allocation of the funds or who these funds are going to. It's more compliance of are the agreements the way we want them set? Are they in accordance with the ordinances? Um, with the, not even legality of things, we've we've beat that to death. Um, we have a, a letter from the the, the city as, as their position on that. So more just. Are these saying what we want them to say and holding them accountable for the, the work that we want them to be doing in, in this area with these funds? So um, with that said, I'd open that up to the, the committee and if any for any discussion or comments as it relates to the memo or the agreements that we have in front of us. Daniel B. Smith, um, the only thing that immediately comes to mind is something we've touched on before, um, and that's just looking at the fact that um, there is that 216-042 rollover from 2022. Uh, I feel like that has caught our attention in the past, that last year, the, the amount that was allocated um, specifically for um, the city's programming um, ended, up, ended up only really spending, I think, three-fourths of, of the funds that are allocated there. And I think we all express a little bit of concern that, you know, when, when there's so much need in the community, the fact that a, a decent chunk of that funding is not actually um, ending up going to the community, um, being utilized, does uh, communicate um, a certain level of, of uh, you know, potential lack of capacity to to do, do as much work as, as is needed um, none of us, um, none of us necessarily argued, um, as far as I remember, against the actual amount. But but the rollover was. I mean, I'm glad to see that the funding is rolling over here. But the the fact that there was so much unspent last year was something that um, previously raised um, some concern. So I just wanted to bring that back, touch touch on that again. Um, otherwise, um, I don't have. There's nothing else that that immediately jumps out at me. This Chris Court. So the, I think that's an excellent point. So, so Brandon, on on the ones that we were kind of recommending that we um, hold as contingency, 
was that based off of a formula or or what was the 121 361 kind of held back of the of the million what how did we determine that that to be the number of hold back um this is danny i can i can speak to that um danny, sorry about that i didn't realize you were no, on i appreciate all that good. yeah i'm right. i'm sneaky in here um no the um the amount remaining was after we went through the uh the activities that were kind of meeting what the what the city commission asked us to to do um i think as as everyone knows we have um in in this space where where we're working there are things that are unanticipated that come up um i can point to the the support site in north lawrence you know being one of those and this is a way to to have those funds available as as those types of activities come up that we need to be able to respond to. So it wasn't a formula. It was it so, was after after we had gone through what the what the requests from the agencies were that this is what the remainder was. So the 121, Danny, uh, this is Mandy Enfield. So the 121, that's money that will be used for outreach um alcohol abuse you know drug abuse education outreach whatever um versus like internal operations um i i that's tough to say at, at this moment i mean our our intention would be for it to go towards operations of programming um if you're asking uh -huh. if it's going to like you know some staff salary right. or yeah. you know, anything like that um, that would not be the intention of those funds. It would okay. it would be for for program operations. Okay. Because it's a big chunk of money to to sort of have up in the air. Um, I really appreciate this information because I think that's one of our struggles that we've had for a long time is is the money being used for its you know as as intended. Um, uh, so I appreciate seeing you know like the direct alignment between where the money is going and, and how that is serving, um, uh, you know, homelessness, which we align with uh, alcohol and drug abuse treatment and interventions. Um, but that 121 is is kind of um, unknown. And I do, it's been a while since I've gone over the ordinances and stuff, but I am pretty sure that the the city department use is specific to the city manager's office portion of the funds and then the parks and rec. Um, so I would <clears throat> like to see those funds being used for programming um, and direct services and not light bills and salaries. Absolutely. And and we can certainly provide an accounting in your in your upcoming meetings of the expenditures out of this fund. So, so you guys do have a, a good idea of where those funds have gone. Anybody, any other members have, have comments or questions on, on what's been presented? I do. So I want to give everybody a, a opportunity before I ask my questions. Thanks, Chris. DLB Smith. I think I'll just kind of conclude or circle back to what I was talking about and say that um, I appreciate the, the staff input and that I, I am continually impressed with city staff's willingness to admit when, you know, uh, they are, are kind of playing catch up or or have, um, you know, there there's room for improvement. And I think that's something that a lot of people in 
community um, have have expressed um, that around the the issue of homelessness. You know, the city has done a lot of work, um, and not everything has gone super smoothly. And I, I always really appreciate that the city is willing to say that. And I think that um, striving towards expending as much funding as we have for that programming each year to to make the most positive impact is great. And even though I might have pointed out the unspent amount and, and the rollover um, from the previous year, I think that um, I, I'm hopeful that that won't be the case this year. So I'll, uh, I'll let Chris, Chris Cobart say, say, say what he wants to say now. Dorothy or, or Kim, do you do either one of you have uh, any anything questions or, or comments on on the letter or the agreements? Yeah, there's the others have answered the question that I had in my head, so we were thinking alike. I think <laughs> this is Kim Johnson, and so the only question I had as I was looking through the and I'm sorry I'm late. I had a computer die, and so I had to start fresh. Um, with a brand new computer who obviously didn't know who I was. Um, but I was looking over the Burt Nash uh, agreement and it talks about staff aligned to do this, that, and the other. Is Are those actual operations in place? Um, I have invited Matthew Falk to, to be here. I'm going to see if maybe he could he could speak to that. Yeah, I um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you know, because obviously it's one of those things that um, the reason I ask is this is why they're getting FQHC money, right, to, to fulfill these same needs that they're getting alcohol tax money to fulfill. So it's like, how are you differentiating and are these positions filled? Because that should be transparent if you're getting money from, you know, our pockets, if you will. This is Matthew Falk, Director of Housing with the Burton Ash Community Mental Health Center. Um, the so the homeless outreach program that is funded predominantly through this this funding stream does not have any kind of other duplicates uh, within CCBHC, uh, the Community Mental Health uh, System. So there, no, we are not getting money to stand up these positions or to support these positions. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, so the team that we have is comprised of 10 members. Six of those staff are supported by the city. Two of those staff are uh, what are called PATH funded, uh, which is a long time, you know, SAMHSA homeless outreach uh, grant that we've had since I think 2001. And then two of those uh, positions are funded through a different SAMHSA grant um, that actually terminates this this summer. Um, it was a, it was a, a two-year grant that we got starting two years ago. Um, but there are no other funds that would normally be, um, you know, regular like programming um, supported by normal, you know, community mental health services. <clears throat> this this team is designed to work with anyone, uh, including folks who are not mental health consumers. So. You know, a significant number of people that we serve through with these dollars are people who are not Burton Ash clients. Um, they're not receiving services from us in the sense of a clinical service that we would like bill their Medicaid or their insurance for and get reimbursement for. Um, the, so uh, 
a big intention of, of this funding and for us is that we therefore gain the capacity to do that. Because uh, because typically we would be serving clients who come to us for mental health care and who are entering into a clinical relationship with us for therapy, um, medication services, uh, you know, groups, um, you know, uh, clinical case management, et cetera. And, you know, homeless outreach or being experiencing homelessness doesn't necessarily mean you have a, a mental health issue. So uh, that's that's kind of a big chunk of what we do with that team. We do we do provide services to folks who do, are mental health consumers and who are also homeless. Um, we spread the whole gap, but uh, again, a lot of those folks don't have insurance and they don't have any form of medical payment source in their life. So. Correct, correct. So to follow up again, Kim Johnson. So to follow up um, on that is, you know, you stated you're going to have these specific staff. Um, providing these specific services are those in operation currently? Yes. Yeah, so the the homeless outreach team uh, has existed for uh, though as I mentioned, we've had the path portion of the team since two thousand one. The city funded portion of the team started in two thousand and six, and we've grown it over time. So last year we we actually expanded it significantly from four to ten. All of those positions have been filled. Um, all of those staff members are in place and we, you know, we are providing services as, you know, as we outline. Um, some of that is kind of on the fly, for example, um, as the city, you know, our agreement with the city is that we will help support, you know, whatever projects um, they may have going. Um, so, for example, the winter shelter project is something we stepped in to help with. Um, you know, Can they, I, um, do you mind if I interrupt? Yeah. Okay. Um, because I'm aware of all of that, and yeah. and I I'm not asking you to kind of restate what you guys do. I'm okay. really just looking at answers to my specific questions, which are: you say that you have staff that are reserving three-hour blocks of time to um, operate a walk-in clinic yes. for the homeless, and I am asking: are you currently doing that? Yes. Thank you. We've, we've been doing that for almost ten years. And that's that's fine if you've been doing it for 10 years and you were already able to fund those staff, then why was that support written into this grant that you needed funding for staff to do that? This money, the city money is the funding that we've been using for 10 years to support that function. Okay, so that was this is just reiterating what you're already doing. Yes. Which goes back to um, kind of, I guess, my overall question about um, the alcohol tax, because isn't the the end goal is that individuals would become, you know, be able to sus make projects um, sustainable and not have to, you know, go back through because there's other services that are in Lawrence that did not receive funding um, and they were forced to find ways to be able to sustain it. So I guess, you know, just looking this over. That's why I was curious about those questions. You know, it says that you guys are going to do these things. And if you've already been doing these things as a percent of this, did we fund for more people or did we just fund the existing people? The, it sounds like we just funded the existing, yeah, right? We've we funded the existing people. Okay. Um, and this has nothing to do with our program. Um, uh, you know, city is there and they have the the challenge of making a decision on what funds to spend and where 
um, just as a community-wide issue, when you look at the system of services, there is no way to sustain services for folks who have no pair source or who have no income. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah, I'm aware of that. You know, one follow-up <clears throat> question with that, do you guys actually track how many people come through your door? Yeah, well, yes, we, we track how many people that we um, provide a, a, a service to. Um, there is kind of a... So like I guess, how many people you help to obtain an ID, a social security yes. card, birth certificate. Yes. So yes. you could say, um, Kim, in 2022, we helped 79 people. Yes, uh, I can tell you in 2022, we helped well over 300 people. Yeah, because that's really what it's about, right? <laughs> it's being able to justify why you continue to get the money. We provide a quarterly report to the city and the county of uh, of those statistics and data. Yeah, And I would be yeah. happy to share those with this with this group. No, I just, you know, I, I think that some of the questions we had before around um, Burt Nash being the main entity receiving this funding was, you know, how can you justify that, right? Because sure. ideally, if you're receiving the main funding in 2021, you did not receive all of the main funding, but in 2022, you did. So your numbers would maybe jump a little bit, right? Am I thinking of that wrong, Chris? I see your face. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I mean, all not-for-profits have a, a puzzle that they have to put together in terms of how they're going to fund the organization. And sometimes funding comes up for existing programs that they can shift operational dollars, unrestricted yeah. funds to operations, and be able to utilize these, these grant funds to sustain the operations that they have. So while they may get more funding from an, an existing uh, funder, doesn't necessarily mean they're increasing the capacity that that not-for-profit has. They're just being able to shift some dollars that they've had to raise in other ways to this one, or maybe they lose a grant, one other grant that was that was helping fund that part of that program. So we're not increasing more capacity. We're just trying yeah. to fix, keep the puzzle pieces all working to op continue to operate the organization. Now, if if we're saying in the grant application that we're going to continue, we're going to increase staff, we're going to increase our numbers, then then yeah, I think there's an expectation that we see that with increased funding. But I don't, I don't think it. We can just say that that because they got increased funding, that we should expect higher numbers. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, you know, I was in, in the nonprofit world for a while with healthcare access three years as, in, as a grant manager, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I think it was just, in my mind, I'm still trying to justify that, you know, um, the funding from last year, just to, to uh, looking at the metrics and, you know, numbers sometimes makes my brain feel better. So, um but anyway, yeah, thank you for answering um, some of those questions, Matthew. I appreciate it. Chris, I will hand over to I, you. I, wanna, I just want to add one thing on that. I think it's important to note, just for context, historically, these alcohol tax funds, there was a, a big chunk that went to fund the RAP program, right? Um, so then when, when the funds were shifted towards homelessness, Burt Nash lost those RAP funds, but got an increase in funding for um, homelessness outreach stuff. So I imagine funds are being shifted to cover that hole for RAP, but I'm not, I haven't been following that, that saga. And if that 
prevention work is being funded, um, but it is another example of, of prioritizing these funds for direct and emergency services um, versus, you know, money on the front end um, prevention dollars like we used to. So the a couple is Chris Gohar. A couple of the things I have is pretty consistent throughout, um, and and we as a committee have, have not disputed the you know the value of of utilizing these funds from homelessness. But the ordinance is pretty clear as it as it relates to um, what the what these funds this one third of special alcohol funds should be utilized for, um, and we know the direct correlation between homelessness and and a lot of times with the substance abuse. Um, but in but in the in the memo that we have, we only speak to those experiencing homelessness, and I and I and I wonder that if, if we need to be more explicit as to that we're we are we're we as a city as a governing board are are making that direct connection that that we've made the determination that in two G of Ordinance thirty three that these other programs that do help with uh, I can see it that um, any program activity that the governing body determines to seek to discourage, prevent, intervene, or address issues related to alcohol and drug abuse, that our, our city letter speaks to that as that, yes, we're saying that homelessness does check this box as we've determined that to be. Um, and I think even, even if we look at the beginning of just section two at the end where it says, you know, from time to time, uh, the governing body from time to time can determine in its best interest of the public that it fall, it funds one or, or more of these. So I think that the letter um, and even the agreements should speak more to how the, how what we've determined as a, as a governing body is still is still solving these without just saying homelessness. And, and yes, we all know that that does have a direct correlation, but I think that we need to be explicit when we look back on this. And we're trying to recreate like what did happen. We've contemplated that in 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 these letters that we're having these organizations sign that your program does have a direct correlation to this, or the programs that you're having has some some impact on what this one third fund is being utilized for. And I I think that was really all I had was the letter should say something in the agreements for both because it looked like we had three agreements. Three of the agreements were the same, but Willows was slightly different because I think it was still more the true special alcohol funding, historic funding usage, and it, it wasn't really speaking to homelessness at all. So that that was kind of my the only thing I had with this is probably being more direct in our language that we are homelessness and has a direct correlation with 2G that we have in Ordinance 33. Christine, um, if if we may, uh, maybe just a, a comment about the um, Willow uh, program funding. Uh, Danny, do you want to kind of just explain just high level the ordinance that um, you're talking about? Care center. Care center. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, care care center is the one that's a oh, little yes, bit different. I'm sorry. From... Yeah, no, right. no, that that is okay. Yeah. No, that is um that is by ordinance for the safe bar training. So yes, that that absolutely falls in line with um with what the, the previous allocation types have been. So um, on, on your, on your point about tying it to, to the money, to the, to the, your ordinance, um, we can definitely look at putting um, 
a, you know, a, a, a cover sheet to this, a, um, a communication to the uh, agreement packet that states kind of exactly what, what you've laid out here and how it, how it aligns with, with the ordinance and the work that we're doing. Well, that... See, I don't know that I would want to, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. You, you finished. Uh, I was done. It's okay. okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. And this is Chris Carr, but I, but I, I think I would rather it be in the agreement itself because while we've made the determination, we, we do want these organizations to adhere to that principle as, a, as they're applying these funds to their program and these usage of these funds. Because okay. if, uh, if it's just a letter, we're just kind of giving guidelines and there's, it's not really, the agreement would override just the cover letter of what those funds are being utilized for. And I don't doubt that, that the funds that they're using would be used part of their program is designed for that. But I do think that the agreements themselves need to have that language. Okay, um, I will I will work with our legal department and see about adding an exhibit and then some verbiage in the agreement itself that ties back to the the exhibit being um, likely the uh, the ordinance for special alcohol funding board. So, I I really like that, Chris. That's I think that is important. Um, I think for two years we've we've worked on trying to align. The, the use of the funds with the ordinance and I don't I don't see any reason why it it's not happened like we we it we can just say like the city can just say in the agreement that the funds are being used for what they're supposed to be used for um it it seems easy mm -hmm. Think that that think that's all I that was really all I had. It was just that being consistent throughout. So if anybody has any any questions, comments on that, or or do we we just need to we need to approve just at the direction of staff to go back and and do that, or Brandon, what what's the procedure here for like that? Um, well, I I think I I think we have um, useful feedback. It are we weren't really. Uh, not looking for approval for, us needs for like approval of the board, but, okay. but um, it's kind of like a, a receive and provide um, feedback. So I, I, I don't think a formal motion is needed, but, um, and Danny, I think you've got a good idea about yeah. how to incorporate that ordinance language um, into the agreements. So. Okay. So if there, if, if the committee has no um, further comments or questions on that, I'd say we would open this up to, to public comment. And I got to read this too for public comment. Um, yeah, probably a good idea. Okay. All right. So each person will be limited to three minutes for public comment. Members of the public may provide public comment on multiple agenda items. General public comment on these items or issues are not scheduled on the agenda, may be made after a business. Um, each person will be limited to three minutes for general comment. So at this point, do we have any, any general comment? whether on-site or, or via Zoom. There is nobody in person here. And we do have some uh, representatives from our um, partner agencies on, but I don't know if they wish to provide comment. Okay. Well, hearing none, I, I say we, we need to make a motion to, to, to close public comment. No. 
Okay, well then we'll, we'll close public comment. Um, this isn't an agenda item, but I would wonder if do we, we need to have a future meetings discussion or just do an adjournment here? We should share the retreat conversation with the group, right? Yeah, I think that sounds that sounds fantastic. Brandon, would you uh, you put you on the spot here about maybe? Sure. No, some... I was kind of anticipating that. Yeah. Um, so uh, for the uh, other board members, um, I, I met with Mandy and Chris. Um, it, it's been about a month ago, or maybe a little bit longer. Uh, and this is following up on the conversation in the last board meeting about um, conducting a, re a planning retreat for the board or a goal setting retreat. Um, and uh, they gave me some good feedback on expectations. Um, we left that meeting with me committing to um, coordinate with a third party facilitator to help uh, facilitate the board's retreat. Um, I can update you and let you know we now do have um, a couple of facilitate facilitation uh, teams on co under contract on an on-call basis. That was uh, a procurement process that um, we've been running for the last couple months, and it's come to a close. So now we do have a contract um, and uh, have actually started engaging them on a couple of internal retreats that we're working on. Um, so... I think we're at a point now where we can um, work with them to on a scope and fee for a uh, planning retreat for the board, if that's um, still the desire to go forward with that. And I uh, maybe come back, uh, I, I, I would suggest maybe mid next month um, with a presentation of that um, scope of work and uh, present it to the board to see if that's um, you know the, the direction you want to move forward with. Chris, you are. <clears throat> Chris, do you want to go? I was just going to say, does anybody have any questions or comments related to, to that? My question is timeline wise, Brandon, how does that align with uh, that committee committee? Yeah, uh, Chris, do you, um, do you want to give an update on that? I think Daniel, sure. you're also on that committee, aren't you? So, uh, Dan, do you want to, you want to, Comment. You're you're much you're better communicator than I am. So I, I, Daniel, Daniel B. Smith. Yeah, I was wondering if we might talk about the committee committee at some point during this meeting. Um, I think that the timeline for the committee committee is um, obviously it's a pretty quick process. I mean, there's only a limited number of, of meetings left, uh, but I think that it's it would still be useful for us to meet um, and go over the the specific charge of this this body and especially since it's going to be really useful for the committee committee to have a, a really clear understanding of what um role we see ourselves playing um within the city so that when we're looking at all the other boards and committees we can really figure out how that um, fits together so i i think that honestly we should move forward with the retreat um and not not change our plans too much based on speculation on how the committee committee is going to unfold, um, especially since I think that once we start seeing more engagement, public engagement around the committee committee, um, it's it's really impossible to know what the timeline is going to actually end up being. So, uh, Chris, I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, our, our charge in the ordinance by by the governing board was four months from the initial uh, initial first date, uh, first meeting. Um, but there was also, a, as, as with all good agreements, um, some flexibility as it relates to that date. So four months, I think, was mid-May. I think it was second or third week of May was when the recommendations were supposed to be provided to uh, the city uh, commission. And the way we're currently starting, it, it, it's we're going to be in that range. We're not going to be earlier than that. I'll say that. So, could I ask a question about the committee? Committee are they asking for uh, input from each committee about what decisions you make? Or well, we, we did a we did a questionnaire at the very beginning of the process. This is Chris Clark. We did a questionnaire at the very beginning of the process to all existing um, city board members and uh, city committee uh, board chairs and also city staff as to what what they liked and disliked and all about the current city boards um there will be a there will be a public event as it relates to kind of the draft and the of what we're what we've come to a proposal for um, before it goes to the city commission for for final approval so We'll we'll do a public event and then we'll take it back after taking what feedback on on what we're proposing, make whatever tweaks we might have um, related to that, if any, and then propose do a final proposal to city city commission. So timeline wise, are we talking about having a conversation about the retreat in a couple of weeks, or are we talking about having the retreat in a couple of weeks? Well, my my suggestion would be to um, for Mandy, Chris, and I to meet with this facilitator mm -hmm. and uh, work with them on a scope of work. Um, so, you know, set expectations for the retreat and kind of outline, you know, an agenda and what it would what it would entail. Um, usually, with a planning retreat, uh, um, there's going to be between the facilitator and each board member um, some. Pro preliminary work, uh, whether that's through a, like a survey, you know, questionnaire or, um, in one-on-one -on -one meetings or, you know, two-on-one -on -one type meetings. Uh, we don't have to go into that depth. Um, but I think that's something that probably the three of us can talk with the, with the facilitator about, um, come, come up with a, a proposal in scope of work agenda, and then bring it back to the full board for a meeting. Uh, the alternative, approach would be that um, just the, you know, maybe the three of us just meet um, and prepare that scope of work and just call, you know, call the next meeting of the board, uh, the, the planning retreat. Okay. I'm, I'm concerned because it's, it's essentially April. And if this is all wrapping up mid-May, I'm, I'm, I'd like to move a little quicker. So it's not just performative and it's actually, um, generating content that can help the committee committee with their recommendations. Am I, am I on the right track with that? Or am I missing like the, the point of the committee committee? Daniel B. Smith, I, I would certainly say that if, if we could meet and retreat um, sooner, I, I do think that that would, it would help inform the, the committee committee. Um, so, I mean, if that, 
if if that's possible, I'm certainly willing to make time for it. Um, I think it's probably has more to do with the facilitator and some of those logistics, but um, it's certainly a good aspiration. I think that if we if we end up meeting closer to sort of the May conclusion of the committee committees um, activities, I, I still think it will be valuable. But um, I, I I would I would lean towards sooner rather than later. Um, the only other thing I'll say in relation to the committee committee is that I think it's beneficial. You know, Chris and I are both on there, and so we, we have those discussions. Um, I think it could be beneficial for other people who are on this body to, um, I mean, you don't have to review the entire video. I, I know it's long and, and you have a lot, lots going on, but um, just to kind of be aware of sort of the conversation that's happening and that, um, you know, this body uh, is has really been sort of identified as being in alignment with some of the other bodies that also do um, compliance around fiscal stewardship. Um, and so just, just, it's nice to know kind of like what neighborhood um, this, this board lives in as far as the other boards and committees that exist when we're looking at all of the roles and responsibilities of existing boards and committees and how um, and where those responsibilities might land. We have a, a few other bodies that, that also do sort of fiscal stewardship compliance um, style work. And, um, you know, if there's going to be any rearrangement of, of responsibilities, it would most likely be, you know, among um, those, those similar bodies. So if you want to review the videos, you can, you can, I, I believe they're available for your, your viewing pleasure. But I think that's one thing that people on this board could proactively do to, to be better situated to have some of those conversations. But, um, but yeah, in general, Mandy, I, I do agree that the sooner we could do a retreat, that would be great. But I don't think it's um, 100% um, required, but just heavily uh, beneficial. Cool. Um, what would so be a realistic timeline if, if we wanted to do an earlier retreat? What What's a realistically timeline, realistic timeline with the other responsibilities and obligations of city staff and in the um, facilitator? I think honestly, uh, since since we're we'll be engaging a facilitator, um, the the you know impact workload for staff is going to be relatively minimal. Um, just you know making sure to match the board with the facilitator, um, and then uh, I, so 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 I say I, I would say it's really a matter of how quickly the facilitator can schedule time that works for the board, all the board members, um, and find that mutual date to get together. Um, so, I what I would suggest is uh, Mandy, Chris, and I um, get a meeting within probably the next week with the facilitator and have that conversation. Uh, I can I can update the board members. Um, you know, following that meeting on on a timeline uh, by email, and um, Mandy, Chris, and I can kind of have the conversation about should we get together, should the board get together again prior to the retreat and review a scope of work, or should we just go forward? Um, it seems to me like there's enough trust am among the board members to kind of delegate that work to Mandy and Chris, and we'll we can take it from here. Do we want to, as a as a Chris, as a committee, do we want to have that discussion at this point? Do would you mem committee members like to see that agreement prior or, or do you want us in the in the, the sake of not the sake uh, the idea of, of kind of doing this in a, in a swift fashion to ensure that we're, we're getting this done um, and and trying to do the right thing that Mandy and I 
put something together and then get get it something on the agenda for or on our calendars for an actual retreat. I think doing it quickly would be a good idea. Just hopefully not a waste of time, but a good idea. <laughs> I this is Chris. I I would I would second what Dan had said. I, I don't the, the nothing is definitive at this point with the committee of committees, and and if we look at this in a broad sense and not just a what we've historically done and what our historical charge has been, but truly looking at you know. What what the what the strategic plan is in whole, and how how would, could you envision the role of this committee um, absorbing or or being part of something? You know, it doesn't have to doesn't have to maintain this name, but responsibilities could expand into a new into a new board that um, does a lot of the similar things that we currently do, but maybe takes on some more responsibilities um, that other boards may have been doing that shifting responsibilities, you know. DOB Smith, one last little little detail that I will mention is that with the what we're looking at um in the committee committee, there's there's also just like some ground level uh um new new proposed you know organizational um aspects to all the boards of committees kind of doing some standardization and setting some new some new ground rules. And one of those and maybe this is already a rule. I don't think it is, but um, it, one of one of the one of the uh, rules um, that being considered would would limit um, individual participation to to one municipal board or committee. So um, that that would <laughs> so so that is something to keep in mind for. Um, and since I'm on obviously on this board, but I'm on the committee committee as you know primarily because I, I am a chair of another board um that is something to to consider because that that i believe is a change um we haven't talked too much about it in the committee committee or at least we didn't uh, maybe you talked about it at the last one i had to leave early to go to my other uh committee but um that it, that is something as far as membership and, and things that could change i mean i i am on i am on multiple so that, that is just something to keep in mind and um does the committee committee have like public comment in those meetings, are those open meetings? Uh, Smith, there's no public comment in the committee committee meetings. Um, they are you can you can come in you can certainly come and hang out, but there's no point at which the public is. Not, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> at the public event, for sure. Ah, okay, cool. I get it on my calendar. Um, so in the spirit of of getting our retreat done in April, I think would be a good goal. Um, could we, Brandon, uh, sort of uh, run uh, some tasks consecutively, concurrently? I don't remember the difference between those two words, but like maybe get a doodle pull out um, to the group for like a day that works for everybody for the retreat, um, while at the same time we're working on a conversation with the facilitator, so then we can just go straight to getting an invitation out and, and an update to the, the group. We, yeah, we can do that. Um, I, you know, these, these consultants do have other clients and other projects that they're balancing. So, uh, you know, like, I, I think we would need to just make sure that whatever date works for the board also works for um, the facilitator. Naturally. We can, we can shoot for the stars though. Yeah. April. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to coordinate a message. It'll probably come from um, Melody Henning in our office and uh, try to coordinate and find 
couple of options for dates that work for the board. Are we still thinking um, half a day? Like a, like a, a four hour chunk? I like three, and, but I like three. Yeah. I feel like if, if we hit four, you got to feed us lunch or something. But if we do three, we can buy with just some snacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. DLB Smith, it's hard to interrupt, but I, I did want to issue a clarification. Since I had to leave the committee committee meeting, the, the last committee committee meeting before the meeting adjourned, uh, apparently, I've been updated, apparently there was discussion about increasing the limit to two boards per individual. I just wanted to have it on, on record that that is seemingly what the consensus was. Um, That's good. That makes because yeah, I, I've, that seems like we're reducing people's opportunity for public engagement, and that does not serve the strategic plan. So, so yeah, I just wanted well, to. I don't want to be out here misinforming y'all. Yeah. So, and I think that that the, the, the consensus was what we we couldn't. I mean, us all being on the committee of committees kind of breaks that rule. You would have to get a whole new set of people to do the committee of committees. Um, if, if we did only one. That gave me some feelings. But if you are going to watch the last one, it was three and a half hours, so buckle up. I don't have a job, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Commit the time. We, we'll have to, I'll, I'll send you, I'll Uber eat you some food, Mandy, because it's over. Three. Thanks. <laughs> Don't Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if we have no further discussion, Brandon and, and Danny, you feel you feel good about the direction um, or that yeah. we provide enough direction or what we need to have? Okay. So, yes, uh, thank you. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for the the Google, the doodle poll, and then Mandy and I will work towards kind of a, an agenda for, for the uh, retreat. And Dan, didn't you guys just do your retreat for uh, – um, the Cultural Arts Commission. Did you guys do half day? How how long did you do that one? Ian B. Smith. So we had a meeting in January, which is sort of the traditionally the the retreat meeting. Um, it it was not very actually very retreat like. We, we did have another retreat um, midway through last year, which was uh, a half day um, in a in a separate location with you know a wildly different agenda. So. Um, and that was really successful. Um, so I'd kind of point to that as being our our, our actual retreat. Um, and yeah, it was yeah, it was a half like a half. It was it was a, an especially long meeting. Right. All right. So three hours would kind of be our target. Seems reasonable. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, if, if no one has anything further for the for the good of the committee, I'd, I'd entertain a motion to adjourn. Neil B. So Smith. Moved. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I will. Um, I will, uh, Daniel B. Smith, I will, I will second after Mandy's uh, motion. I also want to, as always, thank everybody, including staff, and congratulate all of the, um, the uh, fantastic organizations on their continued support. That's nice, Dan. Thank you. Um, right, I, I move to adjourn the meeting, Mandy and Field. Uh, we have a motion and a second. Do we uh, all in favor of adjournment? Aye. Four eyes, five eyes, I guess for me. So, uh, any any opposed? Seeing none, we make a motion to. Uh, we we are officially adjourned. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>